Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, and welcome to the season finale of Mads World. I'm your host, Mads, and thank you so much for joining me this season. I'm thrilled to have you here, and if you do enjoy the show, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, and go tell your friends about it. Also, get in touch with me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. I'm everywhere these days, so don't be shy, and I'll usually always reply. This week, I'm joined by Logan Yuri, behavioral scientist turned dating coach. She's Hinge's translator, turning academic insights from behavioral and relationship science into practical, accessible advice for daters. After studying psychology at Harvard, Yuri ran Google's behavioral science team, The Irrational Lab. She's the author of best-selling book, How to Not Die Alone, The Surprising Science That Will Help You Find Love. Her work has appeared in The New York Times, The Atlantic, Time, The Washington Post, GQ, Glamour and Vice. We're in a new era of dating where the word relationship is being redefined. And in this episode, Logan and I discuss all things consensual non-monogamy. While most daters want monogamous relationships, new data from Hinge has revealed that 15% of LGBTQ plus and Gen Z daters are exploring various relationship types, or more specifically, non-monogamy. We discuss what motivates people to be non-monogamous, meeting like-minded people, what monogamous couples can learn from non-monogamous ones, how to approach feelings of jealousy, and much more. Hi, Logan. How are you? Great. Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's so nice to have different accents on the podcast. I, I, <laughs> it's really lovely to hear. Um, whereabouts are you from? So I'm originally from South Florida, and now I live in Oakland, California, so right near San Francisco. Oh, that's so beautiful. So let's jump straight into our, we've got a speed date question round up front, and then we're going to have a bit of a chat about consensual non-monogamy. So you are the Director of Relationship Science at Hinge, correct me if I'm wrong. And I'd just love to know a little bit more about your work with Hinge and, and what you do here in this role. Yeah, absolutely. So I've been lucky enough to be at Hinge for about three years and my role is really fun. I get to think about trends happening in modern dating. So what's going on with the rise of sober dating? What's going on with people being more interested in emotional vulnerability or the importance of seeing a therapist? And so I get to see these trends happening in everyday life and then work at Hinge and research them and then come up with stories that really tell this is what's happening in modern dating. So it's really cool 
cool to do that during the pandemic and after the pandemic and just get to have my finger on the pulse of what's happening. And then outside of Hinge, I wrote this book called How to Not Die Alone. Amazing. Which is a step-by-step guide to dating. Yeah. So that's been really fun. Just seeing the impact of that, that came out last year. And then I also work one-on-one as a dating coach. And so I'm really getting to work with people in a one-on-one capacity, but then also at this pretty large scale working with Hinge. So it's really fun. Amazing. That's so exciting about your book. You'll have to shoot me over a copy so I can. Um, I would love to. Yeah, yeah. I'll have a read and I'll, um, you know, share it with my followers and everything. I'll put a link in the episode description as well. If anyone Amazing. listening wants to read it. Um, I've got you. a few, I've got a few fun upfront questions before our chat. So who is your biggest celebrity crush right now? Ooh. Okay. Celebrity crush. Do you know who Bo Burnham is? Yes. Oh my God. I random. Love <laughs> so I'm obsessed with him. I love listening to him on all podcasts. I love his stand-up special, his movie. I'm just like a big Bo Burnham stan. Oh my God. I love that. Mine at the moment, it's so cringe, but it's Maddie Healy from the 1975. And I don't know if, if you know who that is, but he's just basically the front man of this band. And you know, when your TikTok algorithm, it knows what you're obsessed with. And every yeah. second video is this man <laughs> on stage just being sweaty and disgusting and it just fuels my obsession like TikTok I went through a Harry Styles phase with TikTok and now I'm in my Maddie Healy 1975 phase that's so cute okay great I'll look it up yeah definitely look him up my next question is what is your guilty pleasure I really love TV. Like, I don't even know if I feel guilty about it. I just love TV. I think TV is just like so good right now. There's a million good shows. I'm watching White Lotus, the HBO show. Do you have that? Yes, we do. But do you know what? I loved the first season and everyone's telling me the second season is even better and I've not checked it out yet. Okay. It's really good. And like, it's so fun. Like I'll read, I'll watch the show, which is one hour. And then I'll listen to like multiple one hour podcasts about it and then read (laughs) all the comments. Like I just love like going deep on TV. That's so good. You should jump on Reddit because they always have so many good Reddit threads. Yeah. Huge into the Reddit comments. Exactly. Yes. Oh, I love Reddit. Except when you're like trying to diagnose yourself with some kind of illness (laughs) and there's these Reddit threads I'm reading through. I'm like, well, I'm definitely pregnant. I've definitely got this, this, this. (laughs) (laughs) It's good, but it's toxic. (laughs) Um, My next question is, what is your strangest irrational fear? You know, I don't know if this is irrational, but I definitely spend a lot of time worrying about the future and thinking about like, what city am I going to live in? Am I going to live in Oakland? Am I going to live in San Francisco? Am I going to live in a a house, in an apartment? So (laughs) definitely spend a lot of time like kind of like anxiously. I think the term is like future tripping, like worrying about the future. Future tripping. I love that. I love hearing a new buzzword. Like I I feel like I've heard so many. Do you know what I heard today? It was called haunting, which is like when the guys or girls or whoever that you've been Mm -hmm. seeing watch all of you, like someone that you've completely disconnected with, Mm -hmm. you've dumped them, you've broke up, you've not seen each other, but they're always watching your Instagram stories and they're just Mm -hmm. haunting you like a ghost. And they're just, um, and I looked in my, in my Instagram stories today, my views, it's a bloody graveyard in there. There is (laughs) ghosts everywhere. And I posted it. And then all these ghosts started popping up going, are you talking about me? I'm like, yes, oh shoo. <laughs> Call them out. Call them out. Yeah, that's great. I love that you're being haunted. <laughs> Literally. Um, and my final question for this round is, which is a regular on the podcast, is tell me your funniest date story. Oh, my gosh. I honestly had so many disasters when I was dating. But yeah. One thing that comes to mind is I went out to dinner with this guy and we went to a ramen place and I had been there before and he hadn't been. And he asked me, he's like, oh, what should I get? 
And I think I was just like trying to be cool or edgy. So I was like, oh, obviously you need to get the pork one. Like, why would you get the vegetarian one? Like, what a waste. And was just like so rude about it. Oh, God. And then the guy was like, um, actually, I'm kosher. So I don't <laughs> eat meat. I don't eat pork like in any capacity. And it just sort of like ruined the date. And it's really <laughs> funny because now I'm married to a guy who's vegan. So it's like I'm so hyper aware of this. But like on that date, I just decided to like diss vegetables and just be like, you have to get the pork one. Which, anyway, it was just like putting my foot in my mouth is embarrassing. Oh my God. Do you know what? It's so strange how diets and incompatible dietary needs can interfere with relationships. So I was dating a guy recently who was vegan and I'm gluten-free because I've got celiac. And honestly, finding places for us to eat was so hard that we moved to the stage where we would cook for each other way too fast. And it was like, we became this couple within a couple Mm -hmm. of months. And I was like, it's honestly, this has happened because of our dietary requirements. <laughs> this is so not cool. And yeah, so it's wild. Out. <laughs> yeah, I was doing keto and my husband's vegan and there's yeah. very few things that are both of that. And it was yeah. like such a pain to eat. People didn't want to oh. have us over for dinner. Like, yeah, I, I think the dietary re- requirement uh, thing can be really interesting. I feel like I just need to do a whole episode about dietary requirements and (laughs) relationships that have failed because of that. So up next, I wanted to chat to you about consensual non-monogamy. So first of all, just in case our listeners don't know, what does consensual non-monogamy mean and what does it mean to you? Yeah, it's a really interesting one because it's kind of this umbrella term that encompasses a lot of different ways of being non-exclusive. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about non-monogamy is that if you ask 10 different couples for their definitions of how they're non-monogamous, they might have 10 different answers. So it's different than monogamy where I think there's a pretty straightforward definition. And mm-hmm. so really it means like different ways that you could pursue being sexual or romantic with other people outside of your relationship. But as I said, it's really something that you get to define for yourself. So maybe you can go on dates with other people, but you can't hook up with them. Or maybe you can hook Mm. up with them, but you can't be romantically involved. Maybe you're going to use terms like boyfriend and girlfriend. Maybe you're not. And so it's really this overall all-encompassing umbrella term that means exploring different ways of not being exclusive. Okay. And I've interviewed someone who was in a polyamorous relationship before and she identified as polyamorous and she said that was sort of the two differences between ways you can talk about polyamory as in a polyamorous relationship defined in that sense and a polyamorous person who identifies as that. So in terms of comparing polyamory and non-monogamy, would you say that they're the same? Would you say that they're just different words for each other? Does one encompass the other? How would you compare those two terms? Yeah. So non-monogamy is an umbrella term and under that could be polyamory. Mm -hmm. So polyamory, you know, can be pursuing love with different people, pursuing relationships with different people, but you could think about that as a subsection under non-monogamy. One thing that you brought up that's really interesting is some people think, oh, right now at this stage of my life, what I'm looking for is non-monogamy, right? They might be feeling like I'm really busy or I want to explore or I want to have the option to be with people of different genders and just different people in general. Other people feel like non-monogamy is their identity. That's something that they that they really identify with as an orientation. And so you might meet someone who's like, um, I met a great guy and I really wanted to date him, but he's not interested in non-monogamy and I'm non-monogamous. So it didn't work out. And so for that person, it's a critical part of their identity. And I've come across people who feel both ways about it. 
Yeah, that's super fascinating. And what might motivate people to have a non-monogamous relationship? Yeah, this is a fascinating one to track over the last few years. So even just beyond non-monogamy, we've seen over the last few years that there's a huge amount of disruption happening in every element of dating and relationships. And so daters don't want to feel like they're trapped by the traditional views of gender, sexual orientation, and partnership. And so a lot of people are saying, I want to define this for myself. I don't want this one-size-fits-all approach. And so they're really figuring out a structure that works for them. And so at Hinge, we were seeing over the last few years that a lot of people were adding, looking for non-monogamy or ethical non-monogamy, consensual non-monogamy. They were adding that to their profiles. And so okay. Like, okay. How can we serve these users? How can we make Hinge mm. work for them? Mm. And so we did this big research project into non-monogamy. And what we found is that at this point, most people are still looking for monogamy, but mm-hmm. about 15% of Gen Z users and 15% mm. of LGBTQ plus users said that they are either looking for non-monogamy or they want the space to figure it out. And that does yeah. make sense. Like these are the communities that are more fluid. These are the communities that don't want to be pushed into a box around traditional structures. Mm-hmm. And so Hinge now has this thing called relationship types where you can put on your profile non-monogamy, monogamy, or figuring it out. And you have space mm. to type out like more details about what you're looking for. And yeah. I really like that because it's frustrating for people if you want to date someone and then you have different goals. So it's like at a glance, you can see what are people looking for. That's such a cool feature because I think as well, like it is interesting to think about all the different types of dating apps and what they have to offer. But I find that Hinge is one that it lends itself to all different types of people. So I think for me, Hinge is probably the dating app that I use the most. And, you know, in the UK, it's it's probably one of the most used dating apps. And it's because you get you get to learn a lot about someone from their profile first up. But I think even stuff like, you know, if I if I meet someone out and about, I don't know their job. Like if they ask you out, I don't know anything about them. But then if I forget, I can like on a date, on a hinge, I can go to the bathroom <laughs> and I can check like, you know, all these things about them, which is which is so good to know up front because even things like um, there's a feature that says like wants kids or doesn't want kids mm-hmm. and you don't mm-hmm. have to use it. But like if someone really doesn't want kids and I don't know if I want kids or not, if someone really doesn't, for me, I'm like, well, that's just like I'm not. we're not going to waste each other's time because I don't know what I want. And if you definitely don't want that, I'm not even going to bother because it's, you know, and you just move on and find something else. So, yeah, I think having all those little details is really cool and that, that new feature is, is really awesome. Yeah, I think that's such a good point because sometimes I like to think about, oh, the reason why I think Hinge is the best and has the best profiles is because it's the closest profile where you get a sense of what it would be like to be with that person on a first date. And so like, I love the voice prompts where you can record something in your voice and you can be funny or serious or silly, whatever, but you're making a really interesting point, which is actually in some ways it's even better than meeting somebody on a first date because you have more information. Like you're not just going to meet someone and be like, Hey, I'm Maddie, by the way, do you want kids? But like you can see it all (laughs) up front. And that's like exactly what Hinge is moving towards, which is letting someone know, like, are you looking for a long-term or short-term relationship? Are you looking for monogamy or not? Like just having it out there, it helps you save time. Mm. And I think that also helps prevent dating burnout. Yeah, definitely. And you're not you're not starting up relationships with, you know, 
without even knowing that it's built to fail because if it's built on like if your fundamental values are completely different like I went out I'm quite a um quite a lefty and I went out with this guy on four (laughs) dates and then we finally got down to discussing politics and he was super right wing and he you know he was actually quite homophobic and you know a little bit racist and stuff and I was like how did we get so far Mm -hmm. down like I've wasted over a month like it just Mm -hmm. it seems and it's not even though we date for an end goal. Like at the moment I'm dating to meet people for fun and if it goes somewhere, it goes somewhere. But just you want to be spending time with people that you can connect with. Like I don't want to be spending time with someone that, you know, I don't align with at all, you know, like even just my values don't align with. So, yeah, I think you're so right in saying that. It's it's really good to have all that info up front. Totally. So apart from Hinge, how could someone meet like-minded people if they are feeling like they they want to explore non-monogamy or polyamory or whatever it might be how else could people meet like-minded people yeah that's an interesting one i mean one of the things that i think about in general not just in the monogamy or non-monogamy space is i feel like everyone from the beginning should be more upfront from the beginning about what they're looking for like speaking of buzzwords um you know, there's this concept right now of just like dating like a CEO and like saying from the beginning, like, hey, like, and and it doesn't have to be intimidating. It doesn't have to be demanding, but really just going on a date. Like you said, you're just dating for fun right now. But like, Mm. I feel like a lot of my dating coaching clients are women in their late 20s or mid 30s who are like, look, I've dated for a while. I want to meet someone. And so on a date, we really role play and we practice them saying something like, so I've been dating for a while. I've been having a lot of fun, Mm. but I'm really ready to meet someone. And I'd love to have a family in a few years. What Mm. about you? And Mm. so really like being upfront from the beginning about what you're looking for in Mm. a lot of different capacities in serious versus casual relationships, Mm. in monogamy versus non-monogamy all of things like that. In terms of where to meet people, you know, I live in the Bay Area and there really is a huge non-monogamous vibe Mm -hmm. out here. And Mm -hmm. so I really think it's about meeting people and then being part of that community. And it's really great to have relationship role models and people who could tell you, um, my partner and I started out this way. We have date night every Friday night to make sure that we're still staying connected. Um, Mm -hmm. We had this situation where one of us violated the rules. And so people think that there can't be cheating in non-monogamy, but there absolutely Mm. can be because if you have rules and you violate them, then that's cheating. And so really just having people in your life who have gone through this before and can tell you what it's about. And so I don't know for every city, the best way to, to meet that community, but whether it's, um, you know, just networking, when you find someone who is non-monogamous saying, you know, like, how can I become friends with you? Things like that. I really love the idea of relationship role models in every capacity, especially if you're exploring non-monogamy. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The first time. Yeah. And I think what's coming through there from what you said is the importance of honesty and just being open about these things. So how important are honest conversations in a non-monogamous relationship? And second to that, is there anything that you would never disclose to a partner? Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah. So I would say all relationships, honesty is really the foundation. Mm -hmm. And you really need to be able to say like, hey, this didn't feel good for me or, hey, I need some more support with this. And so just really emphasizing that idea of being able to have open conversations, even when they're difficult. In terms of non-monogamy specifically, you really want to have conversations from the beginning about what you're comfortable with, what your boundaries are, what you're going to do if there's a potential breach of trust. And so if you're just starting to explore it for the first time, I'd really recommend starting with a conversation about why are you interested in this in the first place? And I say that because I think that there are reasons like wanting to explore emotional or physical intimacy with other people or feeling like, you know, there's something that you need to explore within yourself. Then I think there's other reasons that are more questionable. So things like saying like, well, all my friends are doing it, or, you know, we have Mm. a bunch of relationship issues, so this will solve our problem. (laughs) And so definitely not true that non-monogamy is an effective way to hide relationship issues. In fact, it's going to magnify them because you're constantly going to be talking about what's going on. Does it work for you, et cetera. And like, there's sort of a joke that I've heard in the non-monogamy community, which is, you know, people think it's about having sex all the time, but in many ways it's about having conversations all the time because there's so many check-ins. And so in terms of what not to disclose, that's really something personal for people. Mm. And so some couples say like, I want to know everything. I want to know if you're going on a date. I want to know if you're going to have sex with this person tonight. I want to know if you are developing feelings for them. Other couples are like, don't ask, don't tell, just follow Mm. the rules of our non-monogamous partnership. And so there's Mm -hmm. nothing official that I would say never disclose this. It's much more about really from the beginning defining what it means to you and then being respectful of those boundaries. And then how, when you're talking about boundaries, I guess a huge question that comes up when we're talking about non-monogamous relationships is jealousy and how to approach jealousy. Because I think for me, I've definitely thought about the idea of being non-monogamous. You know, I, I get 
I'm a bit of a committophobe when it first comes to <laughs> like settling down with someone. Like even this guy I was seeing recently, you know, we we went back and forth with like, what are we? All these labels, and you know, and I was thinking, you know, it'd be so e- so much easier if I could just turn off that jealousy switch, and then we would both be free to explore <clears throat> what we wanted. But for me, it just wasn't it wasn't a viable choice. But how do you approach jealousy in a non-monogamous relationship? And obviously there's not an off switch, but are there coping mechanisms or, you know, different techniques that that we can use to help each other? Yeah. So the interesting thing is that there's not a ton of research that's taken place about non-monogamy, but there is some. And there was a Mm -hmm. really interesting study from a researcher named Conley in 2017 that was Mm -hmm. about what happens in non-monogamous relationships. And this research found that actually they're just as satisfying, committed, and passionate, and even more trusting than monogamous relationships. And so I think that's really counterintuitive because you might think, oh, I would have more jealousy issues, I would have more trust issues, but actually the fact that you are having all these conversations, laying it out, making these agreements together builds a foundation of trust. And so many Mm. people that I've worked with who are exploring non-monogamy, it's something where in the beginning they fear it, but then they're like, wait, I actually feel more secure than normal because I know where I stand. And finally, going back to our buzzwords things, there's this really interesting term that you might've come across called compersion. No, I haven't heard of it. If you can explain, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So compersion is the opposite of jealousy. And it's experiencing joy and pleasure at your partner's joy and pleasure. And so it's like if you were dating someone and they got a huge promotion at work, you would feel happy for them, right? Like purely, genuinely happy. And so similarly, if you're with someone in a non-monogamous relationship and they have a great date with someone or they're finally going to hook up with the person they've had a crush on, you can feel compersion. You can feel joy at their joy. And I think it's a really radical concept that goes against jealousy and is something that many people could be inspired by because jealousy is something that is, of course, a natural human emotion, but there can Mm. also be the opposite feeling where you're happy for somebody else's happiness. That's a really interesting, I love the way that you use the word radical. That was, yeah, it is quite a radical term. I've never heard of that. But going back to something that you said as well about um, people in non-monogamous relationships feeling more secure, it makes total sense because someone like me, you know, I've been cheated on in the past. I do have some trust issues and stuff, but I'm going to bring those trust issues and jealousy issues into any relationship I go into, whether it's non-monogamous or not. So I guess it's the difference between your partner fully disclosing everything they're up to, telling you who they're going to see you know if even if they are seeing other people they're being honest whereas you know you could have a faithful boyfriend or an unfaithful boyfriend but either way I'm still going to have that distrust if we're not being totally open about what's going on so I guess it all comes down to like you were saying the open communication and the and the honesty that sort of combats that jealousy from the get-go yeah, exactly. It's not like if you're in a monogamous relationship, nobody ever cheats and you're perfectly secure. Exactly. Like you're probably exactly. so worried about your partner, you know, having a crush on somebody at work or watching porn. Like there's still lots of things that come up that can spark a feeling of jealousy. And so exactly. monogamy doesn't protect you from that. And so you could think about it this way where non-monogamy is a way where you're like, let's put our cards on the table and talk about what we each want. And so going back to the hinge data, most people still want monogamy. That's still like the default option in our culture, but there's definitely a growing interest in people to explore what else is out there. What does this mean? And maybe somebody will be non-monogamous in their twenties and then get married in their thirties. And then when their kids grow up, maybe they will be non-monogamous again. Like there's a lot of ways to explore different types of relationships. It doesn't have to just be one thing. 
It feels very Bohemian 60s vibes, like what I imagine the free love movement would have been like back in the day. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's just really cool that people are zooming out and saying, what do I want? What could this look like? I don't have to get this, you know, one size fits all model. For sure. And people are challenging the the societal norms that are sort of, you know, even in, in things that aren't to do with dating, you know, and, and things that are to do with gender or sexuality, people mm-hmm. are kind of taking a taking a look out and going, why are things the way that they are? You know, why why can't things be different? Which I think is really cool. Yeah. I mean, like when you sign up for Hinge and you're talking about what's your sexual orientation, what's your gender identity, there's so many different options. And like mm. think about like every form that's ever existed prior to a few years ago, it just would say mm. male or female. Like mm. the fact that things are expanding means people are being more creative and they're thinking more about what they want. And so that's extending to the relationship type. And that's why Hinge is saying like, you can put what you want on your profile because there's more options now. Yeah. And it's your profile. I mean, if you're wanting to be authentic and put yourself and be your honest self, like, and have a front facing thing that is projecting out to people that are, you know, interested, it's good that you can be as specific or as non-specific as you want to be. Totally. And what are some ways that people can determine equality in an open relationship? Because I think, you know, we live under a patriarchy. I feel like they're, they're, from my side, there would be some concern that maybe men, cis men would use non-monogamy as a way to, you know, maybe control women sometimes, or, you know, people might want to enter into a non-monogamous relationship for the wrong reasons. And, you know, there is often a power imbalance and a control imbalance in a lot of relationships, but how can people best determine equality in an open relationship? Yeah, it's an interesting point. I would say from my personal experience coaching people who are non-monogamous or exploring non-monogamy, I haven't seen that come up as much. Okay. I actually feel like there's sort of a self-selection here where the type of person that's interested in non-monogamy is interested in their lives and saying, what else could it be? How can we break traditional boundaries? And so there's actually more conversations around who am I? Who are you? What do you want? Is this working for us? And so I've actually found that compared to traditional relationships, there's a lot of space for exploring, like, is this working? And so my advice would be from the beginning, really defining why are we doing this? Is it for good reasons? Are we both doing it? Or is one of us feeling pressured to do it? So really having those foundational conversations to make sure that you're doing it for solid reasons. And then I'm a huge fan in all types of relationships of the relationship check-in. And so this can be a meeting that you have uh, once a week or once a month where you sit down and you just say things like, you know, is this working for us? Are there any boundaries that you want to establish or change? How can I support you? And so that's a moment for somebody to say something like, hey, I feel like you're going on tons of dates, but it hasn't been as easy for me to go on dates. And that makes me feel insecure. Or um, I know that we're not supposed to develop feelings for someone that we're seeing, but I feel like you might be doing that. And so really, it has so many options for people to talk about what's going on, which is really different from, I would say, a lot of traditional relationships where I hear people saying something like, I've been dating this guy for six months, but I can't tell if he's interested or if he's just killing time before he goes back to grad school or, you know, I'm dating this woman, but I don't feel that comfortable with her. Like there's so many problems in every type of relationship around people not communicating or sharing what they want 
that actually any relationship that's built from a foundation of saying like, let's really talk about what's going on. Like that to me is a sign of something healthier. So I'm less worried about the equality piece. And I'm more thinking about how can every relationship have more of that communication? Yeah. I love that idea of a relationship check-in. What sort of things as a monogamous couple might people raise in that sort of a check-in? Yeah. So, I mean, this is something that I'm really passionate about. I talk about my book I do in my own relationship. And sometimes it's a chance to bring up something that you're frustrated about. So it might be like, hey, the other day I was trying to tell you the story about something going on at work and I felt like you were just on your phone and you weren't listening. Like, you know, in the future, I would really love if you could put down your phone or it might be like just letting you know, like my parents are coming to visit. I'm going to be really stressed out. I could really use your support the week that they're here. And so Mm. it's talking about stuff in the past and making sure resentment doesn't fill up build up. And then it's also talking about the future and saying, how can I support you? How can I be there for you? And so really Mm. so much of the research on relationships shows that couples break up or get divorced, not because of things like infidelity or money, but because of resentment that builds over time that isn't addressed. Mm. And so an ideal relationship check-in has an opportunity for resentment to get dealt with before it builds up. Okay. Yeah, that's super interesting. I think it's good to to think about what we can learn from new concepts, like even if people aren't applying them. But I'm sure there's so much in what we've said about honest conversation and being open and saying how you really feel that, you know, non-monogamous relationships rely on to work that people in monogamous relationships could use to to better their overall connection and relationship. I totally agree. Like the relationship check-in, Um, exploring what you want, not just accepting all the traditional structures. And then also compersion. I think really just not that it has to be compersion around sex or dating, but really making sure that you're experiencing joy at your partner's joy and and thinking about that as the opposite or the antidote to jealousy. Mm. And lastly, what would be your best piece of advice for anyone listening who wants to explore consensual non-monogamy? Yeah. So some of these things have come up, but I'll just give a quick summary. So first of all, just really talking about why do you want it? Is Mm -hmm. it coming from a place of exploration or just having an interest? Or does it come from following the crowd or trying to hide issues in your current relationship? So really, why are you doing this and being on Mm -hmm. the same page? Mm-hmm. The second thing is educating yourself. There are so many great books on this topic. There's a great book called The Ethical Slut. There's a book called Open oh, yeah. Up. Yeah. Hinge even has NFAQ, Not Frequently Asked Questions, on our website. <laughs> and there's some really great advice on there. Yeah. Um, we also talked about relationship role models. Can you talk to someone who's in a non-monogamous relationship and what can you learn from them? And then also just really defining what does non-monogamy mean to us? What's inbound sexually? What's out of bounds sexually? How much do I want to know about your other relationships or your other hookups? Um, I I mentioned this before, but a, a really good tip is saving a night a week for each other, having a date night. So it's like, I'm still prioritizing you and our relationship, even if we're seeing other people. And then finally, having those regular relationship check ins to really make sure that we're on the same page and that this is still working for both of us. Amazing. Do you know what? Having these conversations is just, you can see how 
it is causing a wider social shift. Like I've had so many friends saying to me recently, like, oh, I, you know, I've been hearing a lot about, you know, non-monogamy and it's something I really want to try. And, you know, I think years ago it would have been such a taboo thing to even say, but now I feel like it's just, it is becoming the social norm, at least in my circles it is. And yeah, I just want to thank you so much for coming on and, and chatting with me about this. It's it's super fascinating. And um, yeah, all the research and the work that Hinge is doing is, is really great too. So thank you so much. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you for having me. And thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about our research at Hinge and to really share what's happening in the space of non-monogamy, because I really think it's something that if more people knew about, they might decide to explore and that could really work for them and and, and give them what they want out of relationships. I'll tag your book in the episode description as well. And if people want, if people want to find you on socials, what is your, where can they find you? Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Logan Yuri, and I also send out a weekly newsletter called Logan's Love Letter, and they can uh, sign up for that on my website, loganyuri.com. Wonderful. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed my chat with the lovely Logan. Please let me know on my social media if you have any stories or thoughts of your own to share. See you next season. Love and elbow taps. Peace. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.